Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to Money for the Rest of Us. This is a personal finance show. It's on money, how it works, how to invest it, and how to live without worrying about it. I'm your host, David Stein, and today is episode 195. It's titled, Has a Trade War Begun? Last Thursday at the White House, President Trump said he had decided on tariffs of 25% on foreign-made steel and 10% on aluminum. Speaking to participants in the industry or industry leaders, he says, you will have protection for the first time in a long while, and you're going to regrow your industries. The stock market fell 2% wiped out $460 billion in terms of the stock market capitalization. Yet when you look at the, the, the simple numbers, it's about $30 billion a year in steel imports and roughly $17 billion in aluminum imports. Based on a 25% tax on steel and 10% on aluminum, that's only about $9 billion of additional taxes or cost added to steel and aluminum. $9 billion out of a $20 trillion economy. And again, that 2% loss, that's $460 billion that was wiped off the stock market. Trump tweeted, when a country is losing many billions of dollars on trade with virtually every country it does business with, trade wars are good and easy to win. Example, when we are down $100 billion with a certain country and they get cute, don't trade anymore. We win big. It's easy. Another tweet says the United States has over $800 billion yearly trade deficit because of our very stupid trade deals and policies. Our jobs and wealth are being given to other countries that have taken advantage of us for years. They laugh at what fools our leaders have been. No more. On the Fox Business Network, Peter Navarro, he's a White House trade advisor, he says he did not believe any country would retaliate for the simple reason that we are the most lucrative and biggest market in the world. He went on to say they know they're cheating us and all we're doing is standing up for ourselves. That's the positioning. Trade wars are easy to win. That our economy is so big that that countries won't retaliate. And yet, some are worried. Here's Senator John Cornyn of Texas. He's worried that imposing tariffs on steel will lead to retaliation from other countries that could impose tariffs on agriculture, which he said would devastate our agricultural communities. 
We've covered trade before in earlier episodes. Episode 104, Is It Possible to Win at Trade? Episode 144, Trade Deficits Aren't Always Bad, Trade Wars Are. And trades, it's a complicated thing. It's not as simple as we're going to win the trade war. For example, one aspect of trade that I that kind of struggle with is should we even care about running big trade deficits? We're giving, when we run a trade deficit, the U.S., we're essentially giving, trading real goods and services, physical things of value for a currency that has no intrinsic value. Digits to fiat currency. It's almost like magic money. Something fake for something real. That's one way to look at it. The other is we always assume that trade deficits are the fault or because of the actions of households and businesses. But in episode 144, we saw that the flow of goods and services, the trade deficit or surplus, has to be balanced out by a flow of money and investments, which is called the capital account. If we're running a huge trade deficit with France, let's say, then the French have a lot of dollars that they invest in the U.S. So there's a capital account surplus with France and a trade deficit. You know, what if the issue is France wants to invest in our country? They see opportunity here. And as a result, Americans have excess funds because of that, because there's that capital account surplus that they then use to buy French goods and services. Maybe the trade deficit is because other countries want to invest in the U.S. But we're always so quick to focus on, well, it's the goods and services trade deficits that causing so much money being invested in the U.S. as opposed to the capital account surplus. The money coming here is then leading to the trade deficit. What's going on with this tariff regarding steel and aluminum? This this sort of caught me off guard. I, I looked at it and, and quickly both sides, they were taking sides. Like, this is good. This is bad. I didn't know. I looked it up to try to figure out what was going on and then decide. So here's what's going on. Last April, President Trump asked the Department of Commerce to look into the steel and aluminum industries, the imports, and they used a provision in the Trade Expansion Act of 1962, which essentially allows the, the Department of Con Commerce decides whether there is something going on within a particular industry that is having a negative impact on national security. And after the, the Trump asked for that, the Department of Commerce has 270 days to, to look into it, in this case, steel and aluminum, and, and the fact that imports have grown, whether that is having a negative impact on national security. They make a recommendation, and then the president can decide what to do about it, either do tariffs or, or some other provision. 
This has happened 26 times since 1962. The vast majority of the times, there is no action taken. They determine that there isn't a negative impact in terms of national security. Now, there's been some reports that, well, this is a rarely used provision, and it is. But what's interesting is the definition of national security is is very broad. In the reports, there's one on aluminum, there's one on steel, came out in January. It says the Secretary of Commerce also recognized the close relation of the economic welfare of the United States to its national security. The impact of foreign competition on the economic welfare of individual domestic industries and any substantial unemployment, decrease in revenue of government, loss of skills, or any other serious serious effects resulting from the displacement of any domestic products by excessive imports without excluding other factors and determining whether a weakening of the U.S. economy by such imports threatens to impair national security. In other words, it doesn't have to be something critical to national defense. It can be broader than that. If if it hurts the economy in any way, that can be deemed having a negative impact on national security and thus justified or justification for imposing tariffs. Now, this has happened 26 times since 1962. And, and you look, and I looked at all, all of the different instances. I'll put a link in the show notes, or you will have gotten that link in my free insider's guide, which you can always get by signing up at moneyfortherestofus.com. You'll get the links as well as a weekly article, some of the best writing I do each week. So go to moneyfortherestofus.com and you can sign up there. Or if you're a U.S.-based listener, just text the word INSIDER to the number 44222. So what's interesting is the first there were four times during the 1960s that it was steel and other metal products were investigated. And it was determined it didn't impact national security. Most of the other times where it actually was deemed to having impact was in oil, twice in 1973, in 1975. And in that case, they imposed quotas and tariffs. But this was the same time during the oil embargo when OPEC was saying, we're not going to send you as much oil. It occurred again in 1979. And oil was again, was investigated and they determined that there, there was a national impact. So they suspended imports from Iran and they added a conservation fee on, on oil that was later, later determined to be illegal. In 1982, they investigated oil and they suspended shipments from Libya. 1986, they looked at machine tools and there was an agreement, a voluntary restraint agreements made with Taiwan and Japan for five years. Oil again was looked at in 1987 and, and determined to impact national security. And so they made a program to become energy independent or increase energy security. Oil again investigated in 1994 and 99. Impact, yes, it negatively impacted national security, but the president decided to take no action. And finally, the last time was in 2001. They looked at iron oil, ore and steel and determined there was no impact 
on national security. So we've done this. And so if you look at the report on aluminum, it doesn't look good. It says the import penetration level for aluminum in 20, as of 2016 was 90%. Imports are up 66% from 2012. U.S. primary aluminum production in 2016 was half what it was in 2015. The smelters are being shut down. Jobs are being lost. The aluminum industry is only using about 43% of its capacity. And, and there's risk that there's only five smelters remaining in the U.S. And one of those produces high-purity aluminum required for critical infrastructure and defense aerospace applications, including types of high-performance armor plate and aircraft-grade aluminum products used in upgrading F-18, F-35, and C-17 aircrafts. So aluminum imports, it's a huge component of total aluminum consumption, and it's having a devastating impact on aluminum manufacturers in the U.S. There's a global excess excess supply of aluminum, much of it coming from China. And as a result, the Department of Commerce determined the domestic aluminum industry is at risk of becoming unstable, unable to satisfy existing national security needs or respond to a national security emergency that requires a large increase in domestic production. So it's a real issue that needs to be dealt with. But when we look at steel, it's not quite as clear-cut. The Steel Report said that imports only comprise, well, they say more than 30% of U.S. consumption. So 70% is domestic production of steel. And they recognize that steel imports have increased significantly due to foreign competition, but it's not like there's a shortage of domestically made steel to be used in certainly national security interest. But this is just how the economy is evolving, that there's there's steel imports coming from all over the world. China-made steel is actually not a very large percent of the imports. In 2017, China was the 11th largest steel exporter to the U.S. It supplies just about 2% of imports, and it dropped 6% last year, even though overall imports increased. So the Department of Commerce didn't have such a strong case, in my opinion, for steel. Ultimately, they determined that the present quantities and circumstance of steel imports are, quote, weakening our eternal economy. So just a weakening economy, not the shortage that potentially could impact national security in terms of producing arms. And President Trump acknowledges that. He tweeted, we must protect our country and our workers. Our steel industry is in bad shape. If you don't have steel, you don't have a country. But is the solution these blanket tariffs against all Imports, typically trade issues are addressed country 
by country. And there are many duties and tariffs already on steel and other products. We don't have absolute free trade. And we typically have some type of settlement and address it, address it on a country-by-country country basis. There's other solutions other than tariffs across the board that provoke retaliation from other countries and potentially lead to a trade war. Let me pause and share some words from this week's sponsors. If you've been using Mint to manage your finances, you know they shut down several months ago. Well, let me tell you about the budgeting solution, the financial tracking solution I've been using for the past number of months. It's Monarch Money. Monarch Money is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets like I've done. You can set goals, collaborate with your partner. And now you can get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com David. What I like about Monarch is the ability to customize what I want to see. I have custom budget categories, and then I can go on to the dashboard and see where I'm above trend on some of my spending. I especially like that Monarch will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying Monarch myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com David. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash David for your extended 30-day free trial. We have a brand new sponsor to our show. It's Yahoo Finance. Yahoo's been around for decades. My first email outside of work was a Yahoo email address. But the financial side, I've used on occasion primarily to get data for dividend histories for particular funds or ETFs. But I was pleasantly surprised to get back on Yahoo Finance to see how it's evolved over the years. Now it's really a financial dashboard where you can get an understanding of what's going on with the markets. There are relevant articles from Bloomberg, Reuters, the Associated Press, and the Yahoo Finance team. You can look at the economic events calendar and see which data series are being released that day and what the consensus is. You can see the pulse of the markets at any time by going to Yahoo Finance. In addition, you could see all of your investments in retirement accounts in one place. With Yahoo Finance, you get a consolidated view of multiple accounts. Yahoo Finance serves as a financial hub for your retirement accounts, but also comprehensive financial news and analysis. You need to check out Yahoo Finance, particularly if you haven't been there in a while. Check it out at yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. If the goal with these trade actions is to protect national security, there's other remedies. For example, there's the Defense Production Act. That was passed in 1950 when there was shortage of titanium to keep pace with military aircraft production. And the Heritage Foundation reports that Congress passed the act and it authorized the president to place priority orders on government contracts and to invest in the domestic productive capacity to produce titanium. We could do that with aluminum. We already have the Buy American Act of 1933 and the Berry Amendment to use, to, to basically strictly regulates the use of foreign source steel in defense contracting. 
So there's laws specific to this that have already been passed that could address the, particularly the situation with aluminum, aluminum which I, I think is, is a significant situation, and it should be addressed somehow, but not necessarily with blanket tariffs. We have the World Trade Organization. It was formed in 1995, and that provides kind of the legal ground rules, as they state, for international commerce. There's these contracts, these negotiations, these agreements already in place. It's certainly there to encourage trade, but it's also there to discourage unfair practices, such as export subsidies. And I'm reading from their site now, export subsidies and dumping products at below cost to gain market share. And there's rules for how governments can respond, in particular by charging additional import duties calculated to compensate for damage caused by unfair trade. And the U.S. has done that. They've already put tariffs on China related to steel. And they recently, as recently as December 2017, put import duties on steel products from Vietnam because those products were originating in China. 90% of the value added was in China, and China was using it and funneling it through Vietnam in order to avoid some of the import duties that were already in place. And so there's already mechanisms in place to address these issues, particularly if you're worried about national security and unfair trade practices. But if you're trying to protect your industry and your workers, then you potentially take actions such as a blanket tariff. And that is why other countries are upset. John M. Weeks, he was Canadian Canada's lead negotiator for the North American Free Trade Agreement. He says that the president's notion is going down very badly in Canada. It will certainly have a negative effect on our bilateral relationship. European Union is already looking at remedies to tax American exports of bourbon, blue jeans, orange juice, cranberry, rice, and motorcycles because they don't see this as fair trade because we're saying all imports from other countries in terms of steel and aluminum are disallowed or they're going to charge an additional 25% tariff. People are buying, businesses are buying aluminum and steel from those other countries such as Canada and Mexico because it's cheaper. They're more productive at making steel and making aluminum. Now, again, it's normal, it's appropriate to take action to protect against national defense issues. But I don't think it's wise to take actions to basically protect an industry from competition. Because in some regards, by adding tariffs, it certainly raises the prices, but that also takes away some of the, of the incentive for businesses to become more productive in terms of producing steel and other goods. Recognizing that dumping unfair trade practices are disallowed, but there are remedies for that already, using duties to address that. Tariffs specifically against one country, as opposed to all countries. And that's kind of the issue. The, the other countries are upset because we're taking this blunt tool, everybody 
will pay these tariffs. And that's potentially what could spiral into a trade war because the other countries said, no, this is not the way you go about it. And we're going to put exports. And then Trump says that he tweeted, if the U.S., if the European Union wants to further increase their already massive tariffs and barriers on U.S. companies doing business there, we will simply apply a tax on their cars, which freely pour into the U.S. Now, the European Union Union levies a 10% duty on cars made in the U.S., and the U.S. levies a 2.5% duty on cars produced in Europe. Now, I don't know exactly how that was negotiated, and perhaps there's something that could be addressed there, but we address it. We don't necessarily put tariffs on everything because, one, it creates a heck of a lot of uncertainty. Ball Corporation, they're a former client of mine. They make metal aluminum cans. Their CEO, John Hayes, says it's the uncertainty that has many people concerned. We don't know what products it's on. We don't know from which country it's on. We don't know how it's going to be implemented. So what's going to happen? We don't know. They haven't released the details. It's worrisome. It could lead to a trade war. It could lead to a global recession. We'll have to monitor the leading economic indicators to see if it starts to have an impact on the real economy. Certainly the price of goods involving steel and aluminum, which there are many, are going to go up. But the global trading system, it's a complex adaptive system. I'm reading Nassim Nikola Taleb's book, Skin in the Game, Hidden Asymmetries in Daily Life. And hopefully I'll do a show on it here in a few weeks. But he writes, the main idea behind complex systems is that the ensemble behaves in ways not predicted by its components. The interactions matter more than the nature of the units. Studying individual ants will almost never give us a clear indication of how the ant colony operates. For that, one needs to understand an ant colony as an ant colony. No less, no more. Not a collection of ants. We can't look at trade. We can't just look at the the trade deficit. We have to look at the capital account. We have to look at the interaction. We have to look at this this complex supply chain that has evolved over the last few decades. Can't just look at one component, steel or aluminum, or trying to protect one industry. Because complex systems, they're dynamic. They're not static. You can't look at them at a point of time. And there are unattended consequences. He, he points out that Complex systems do not have obvious one-dimensional cause and effect mechanisms. You have to look one, two, three, four steps down the road. And ultimately, he says, when you don't have a clear insight to the system, you don't mess with it. And now we're doing sort of using this blunt tool of tariffs on one product as opposed to trying to address individual situations like we did with Vietnam in terms of steel there instead of, but no, we're trying to put tariffs on all imports of steel and aluminum. And that I think is unwise. We'll have to see what happens. 
That's episode 195. Show notes are at moneyfortherestofus.com. And everything I've shared with you in this episode has been for general education. I'm not considered your specific risk situation. I'm not providing investment advice. Simply general education on money, investing in the economy. Have a great week.